You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, okay, so it's Pride Month. And one of the things that so many Christians in the world today were, were terrified on so many fronts on how to walk the waters of Pride Month. Should we, how do we, how do we handle this? Do we, do we engage? Do we talk to people? How do we handle this? And Caleb, what do you think we should do? I've had that question posed to me as a pastor. How do you think Christians should handle Pride Month? And I thought, you know what, what better way to handle this and talk about this than to have a guy who walked in the homosexual lifestyle for years and years um, who was saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, come on and talk about how we should handle the things in Pride Month. So my friend Stephen Black from First Stone Ministries is going to be on the program today, and we're going to talk about how Christians should handle Pride Month. And so I think this is going to be beneficial and, and, and edifying to the church, and I believe that men, the gospel is going to be proclaimed and that, that men and women who maybe are in this lifestyle God's going to use this as a as a as a tool as a launching off point to save folks because I believe that that Jesus is in the business of saving men and women. So, pray that this blesses you this week. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast, Mr. Stephen Black. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Man, it it's been a while. Uh, how's Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City is thriving. Um, unfortunately, you know, some of the politics here has become liberal like Tulsa, but, um, right. you know, the church is thriving and we're thriving and never a dull moment in what we do in ministry here. Praise the Lord. So, okay, Stephen, it's been, man, folks that have not listened to my show uh, in a while, uh, I had you on a probably, oh, man, I'm thinking three years ago, and we talked about, um, you know, we're in, you know, it's, it's Pride Month, and so... Um, why and the people want to know why? Why? Why did you bring Stephen on? What does he do? What is he, what is it so significant, or what is so significant about what he does in regards to the things that are happening during Pride Month? So, sort of kind of give us a thirty thousand foot view of who Stephen Black is and your um, your ministry at First Stone. Yeah, well, the reason um, is right out of. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, is that we comfort people with the same comfort that we ourselves have received, and that being, you know, being a, a survivor of childhood sexual molestation, mm-hmm. ended up in going in my confusion in my teenage years into homosexuality, lived that kind of life for eight years, uh, had a mm-hmm. radical transformative experience, uh, with Jesus Christ in 1983, so I'm an old guy now, and <laughs> and so for these last uh, 40 years, I've been really serving Jesus and loving Him, and as a result of that, the last 30 plus years, 
I've been in full-time ministry in helping people overcome sexual and relational brokenness issues, primarily coming out of homosexuality. But about half of the men I minister to also deal with, uh, you know, things like pornography addiction and mm-hmm. other sexual dysfunction. And so, you know, in dealing with this, I'm also a uh, public a speaker on the issues of LGBTQ and the influences in the culture mm-hmm. and the church. And a lot of times people are completely unaware of how the corruption has come into the church, but also how bad things are becoming for women and children. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what I do, and that's why you would have me on um, as an overview. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, it it you know June for some reason is 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 the month that w- that the nation or I guess the world has decided to um, embrace the and I'm just going to call it the sin of Sodom. Um, it, it's what the scriptures call it um, when when we leave the natural affection for the opposite sex for th- the same sex. And so why I mean man help us understand how how should we be interacting what what should we be doing as christians um in this in this month well certainly i think we need to take an individual look on you know whether or not we're making a difference in our own families and our own lives and living an uncompromised godly life because a lot of what is what is really more disconcerting to me is the passivity that's taking place in the local church oh absolutely and Yeah, so, I mean, you've got so much going on with varying degrees of compromise and an unwillingness to be salt and light uh, in the culture, and Jesus warned about this, but when you've got people who have family members and or, you know, church members who have family members, uh, there is a constructed actual HRC human rights campaign construct of really for the last 20, 25 years to browbeat the church down and anyone that would speak out on this as unloving, unkind, homophobic, bigoted, and now the new transphobic idea that somehow you are, you know, a, a little mind or a little person. And Christians want to be kind and loving, and so there is a real pushback and even marginalizing uh, a voice of reason and sanity on some of this. And so it begins with us, and we need to make a difference. And for some people, they do need to be educated and involved. And so that's what we do is we try to help equip people in finding ways to make a difference. But we can all pray, and we can all really, you know, uh, witness and go out there and start presenting the gospel of Jesus. I love doing that everywhere I go, but it seems to me that I'm becoming a very small minority, even within the church. It it is fascinating that we have have so quickly fast-forwarded from, man, in 2015 when Obama lit the house, lit the White House up as a rainbow, um, not even actually the biblical rainbow. Rainbow. It's the. Right. It's a completely different rainbow. Um, but they it's call still, it pride. They they now call it pride. Yeah, that's not even. Yeah, ugh, not even a real rainbow. But from pride that colors. moment when I when I I was at, I was actually preaching at a summer camp 
Um, and I, we, we were on the last day and somebody, and they were, they'd thrown that up there. And I just was like, golly, we've just opened Pandora's box and man, it is literally gone from, man, we're, we're, we're Christians. We're standing up pretty, pretty regularly and they've just continuously browbeat this thing. You said it perfectly. They browbeat this thing into the ground because it's everywhere in every facet of culture. I mean, to, to the point where our coffee cups, where we're drinking our coffee has got a stupid rainbow on it now. And, and it, like, if you, if like, I can guarantee you, I'm going to catch so much flack for this podcast because um, there are gonna, there's going to be people who claim to love and lo- love the Lord Jesus Christ, who who are saying that I'm going to be me- I'm mean because I had you come on because how dare you talk poorly ab- against uh, homosexuality, a transgender, and I'm like, listen, th- the fact of the matter is is that that Jesus in the Bible says that this is a sin, and Romans chapter one says those who who are partaking in this have a death sentence and not only those who partake but those who okay this particular thing have that same sentence as well and it's just it's mind-boggling to me that the church has has become so passive and quiet on it why why do you think that is well i i think the major reason is fear uh fear of being labeled also fear of being yelled at fear of even being persecuted uh, there are people now that if you speak out against these things, it could affect their livelihood. Mm-hmm. It can affect um, family relations. Um, even I've even literally had a pastor tell me, "I don't want to deal with this because it will affect you know family reunions and ongoing vacations. It will disrupt everything." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, you're going to answer to Jesus on these issues, and that is compromise." Yeah. And so it, it really is fear-based. And then the other part of this, of course, with church leaders, is um, also concerning uh, finances and, yeah. and money. Yeah. And, of course, you know, if you have a business uh, that touches on this, it, it could also, you know, affect you economically Absolutely. in your own business. And so people are driven by this idea of fear, the fear of what-ifs, rather than trusting the Lord about proclaiming truth, and even in the, in the persecution, that you will be blessed on the other side of this. You're and right. and that's, a, that's a pretty big biblical understanding of first century Christians. They lived with the tension that we no longer live with, is every single writer believed that Jesus Christ was coming in their day, and every single writer understood that they could die at any moment by the Roman sword. Yeah. And we don't live that way. We don't live with that kind of tension in the church today. Mm-hmm. And so that's made us very lazy uh, in regard to now what is a, the greatest assault on children and women in, in our history. I, and it has, and I, man, I, and I said this in 2015, and when I said this, I got lambasted by people. I said, right now it's a homosexual revolution which if you back it up it started with a sexual revolution in the 60s but now we're in the homosexual revolution i said the next thing that's going to happen is the pedophilia revolution where you're going to have children exposed to this and they're going to use the same kind of language that the homosexual community used i'm born this way so i can't help it and they're already beginning to follow that route and say this is this is what's happening is is i'm i was born this way and so i i can't help that i'm i'm doing this you know i, I love is love 
and I'm just going, wait a second, we're, we're about to have some problems. Yeah, because it's gone from love is love is now the new mantra is love knows no age. <laughs> and, Are you kidding? Uh, I didn't know people that. People need to pay attention that the American Psychological Association has now purposefully began to dumb down the word pedophilia and call it minor attracted person. So uh-huh. if a woman is attracted to a little boy under prepubescent and wants to have sexual relating, that's just called a minor attracted person. <laughs> or if a man is attracted to a post-pubescent female, that's a yap, a youth-attracted person. And then you have this now in the homosexual community with North American Man-Boy Love Association that's been around for years. They're loving the idea because they've been, they've been saying for the last 25 years that this is the next step after transgenderism is we're going to now move forward with our agenda and people need to pay attention to what's happening in all education systems with the National Education Association demanding from the human rights campaign and from others that all education with this what's so-called Equality Act to make homosexual behavior normative to mommy and daddy from kindergarten on up. And if people don't believe me, they just need to get on Google and just Google LGBTQ cartoons. Mm-hmm. Literally now we have Nickelodeon, yeah. we, we have Cartoon Network, we, we, we have uh, all uh, Sesame Street, we have every single yeah. one of what used to be uh, something that would be protective. You now have gay characters and, and transgenderism being offered, and then across the nation people can even look at what's called Drag Queen Story Hour. They have their own website. And they have chapters in every major city in the United States where these characterizations of women that is so distorted and, and perverse, like you said, the word sodomy or the, the word of Sodom actually dressed up in these female characterizations that are an assault on the beauty of femininity yeah. in this kind of masquerade way of being... Uh, offered to children as something fun drag queen story hour and when i was growing up they wouldn't allow car they wouldn't allow clowns to be uh you know doing a library teaching hour to that they thought that that would be traumatizing to children and you look at some of these drag queens caleb they're I'm terrifying telling you, they are right out of the pit it's of hell satanic. Yeah, i mean literally sad. some of these drag queens look like they are demons yeah, they exactly. have horns yep. and different kinds of things that they're reading to our children Evil. and so this is being fast tracked normalization of everything LGBTQ to the smallest of children, even pre-kindergarten, mm-hmm. all across the nation. Yeah, and it is. And I think it, the enemy has done a really superb job. Satan has done a really great job at trying to marginalize the church and make us look like a bunch of backwoods, um, homophobic, is whatever you want to call it, use the word, um, idiots that don't know our left hand from our right hand. 
And in reality, those biblical Christians who are standing up for things that are biblically minded, that, hey, listen, God created you as a man for a purpose. God created you as a woman for a purpose. And and he created marriage between one man and one woman for a purpose as a, as a backwoods, archaic, stupid worldview. And, and we're mocked and marginalized. And if we, if we, if we don't shut up, I mean, you can see what they did. I mean, they took out, you know, they tried to take out John MacArthur. They tried to take out different, different solid Christian leaders who stood against this tide. I mean, they did it to James Dobson um, over this issue. And then they, they marched, they tried to marginalize James Dobson as much as they could. Um, I'm friends with Ryan, his son, and man, Ryan has told me some stories. My goodness. Yeah. And, and even focus on the family. Well, um, and, and what's really disturbing, and I actually find it more disturbing in the cultural, is the level of compromise mm-hmm. in some of the highest places of Christianity yeah. when you've got, you know, and I go to a Southern Baptist church, when you've got, you know, um, uh, Albert Moeller saying yep. we're going to repent of not believing in orientation, <laughs> and you've got, you know, Russell Moore meeting with gays to find a better way to integrate this, and yep. then you got D.A. Carson and Mark Yarhouse giving the terminology of sexual minorities to the Gospel Coalition, yep. and you have all of these things coming in now to actually normalize gay Christianity. Yeah. Oh, it, that, that to me is much it. more disturbing. Oh, it's and it's that is and I think that that fight is already here in the Christian church in in the in the yeah. in Christendom. It's here that listen, I'm gay and I I I love Jesus and I'm just like, wait a minute, that is antith- that even match up with what the text says. The text tells us Yeah, completely antithetical to truth. Absolutely. And and the text just says com- completely something opposite. And man, I know it's I know that it's not popular to say this. And and but man, I, I at the end of the day, I stand by what the scripture says and what sin is sin and it's it's more unloving not to warn people of a judgment that is to come, then just, well, you know, I don't want to seem judgmental, so I'll just keep my mouth shut. And then on the day of judgment, there'd be this massive wave of wrath from God on these people. And they look at me and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you say anything? Well, because I was afraid. Well, by golly, I'm not afraid of man. I'm afraid of God. Yeah, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that's why, you know, I was so appreciated you because I knew you were going to be a a righteous, young, uprising, truth telling pastor, and uh, so appreciated. You know, like when we did the humility event yeah. in Bartlesville, and the, you know, even in the news media saying, "How dare they do uh-huh. this?" And I'm like, "How dare we not do this?" Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. And then we did this in July, not even in their Pride Month. Nope. And and they thought that we were, you know, being unkind and unloving. And and, and the the truth was is they, they ended up having their own even a continued gay pride mm-hmm. celebration in July. And yep. so you just can't win uh, in any way with these people with this mindset that telling the truth on these <clears throat> issues is somehow unloving. We need to get a thicker skin and realize that when people are in this level of deception, when they are willing to call men women and women men, yep. and this is going on all over the media with this these women's 
uh, sports events <laughs> allowing transgendered uh, male to females to compete against these women and beating them up and and uh, literally taking all of the awards away from women. This this is almost unconscionable of the level of attack on women and children. And I'm glad you're man enough to speak up, and we need to be calling for a lot of more courageous, godly men, especially those uh, 30 and, uh, and younger who now have Barna statistics that 65% of those that go to evangelical churches think that it's okay for gay marriage. Yeah. I mean, this nope. is this is a big problem. It really and is. So we need to be calling for these thirty-year-old men to act like men and start speaking the truth to change this generation. Golly, We're going to have revival in this country. We need to hit our knees in prayer and then speak the truth boldly because uh, it's love. And it, it, it is. And what's funny is we did that that humility event, and there were so many people that I knew um, through work, through through different things. Um, who, you know, were either friends with people that are gay and they, and they said, well, Caleb's preaching at that, that anti-gay thing. And they said, have you ever listened to Caleb preach? Have you ever, ever, you ever heard him say anything? <laughs> I mean, and I, there was nobody on that stage that got up and said anything mean towards people that were gay. There was nothing mean. There was nothing hurtful. There was the truth of, listen, here's the facts. Sin is real. Hell is hot. And God can forgive. That was it. Like that was the, the, we preached the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for those that would believe. Like that's what the the event was. It was never a gay bashing event. It was simply proclaiming the gospel and God's creative order. And what God did and God set up, it was very good. Scripture says in Genesis chapter two, that when he made Adam and Eve and put them together, he said, this is very good. And they were naked and unashamed. One of my favorite Bible verses ever. And it just, it blows my mind that we have so many different um, people who have a, a preconceived notion of, well, Caleb is just gay bashing. Well, no. Have you ever sat through one of my sermons? I've never ga- bashed anyone who's gay, and rather, I'm praying for and pleading for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that they would repent and turn to Christ. That's what I'm praying for. Well, and it really, I mean, when it's all said and done, the Scripture makes it very clear that there are those who are sinners and those who are repentant. Yeah. And those who have faith in Jesus Christ are the repentant believers, human beings who have surrendered their souls to God. And then there is another group of people that the Bible says are the children of disobedience. They yeah. are the people that choose to continue to have unbelief, will not receive Jesus Christ as Lord, knowing that his blood has paid the penalty of their sins, but refuse to turn to him in a loving relationship. And that's who we preach, you know, to to, to, to bring salvation to the sinner. So there are the sinners and the redeemed. And that's it's not gay, it's not heterosexual or transgendered. It's it's human beings that need Jesus exactly. Christ. Now that's yeah, it. their behaviors and unfortunately in the LGBTQ world um, the level of darkness that enters in in sexual behavior, we can unpack that. So glad we're not going to, but yeah. it's really dark. 
And it it's so destructive. And so we definitely need to care about people in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. And Kaylin, I'm so glad that you do. And uh, and I know you to be a man of love. And, and that's what bold love does. Mm. It preaches bold truth. That's right. So speaking of bold love, okay, so you're in the midst, let's, let's, let's go back 40 plus years ago, and you're in the midst of the homosexual lifestyle. Aren't you thankful to God that someone was loving enough to present the gospel to you and to show you what the reality of sin was and that that the hope of God's grace? Oh, Caleb, brother, I am so, so grateful. I remember there used to be this big uh, gay bar in Oklahoma City called the Free Spirit, and there was this um, uh, college and career group that were out there one night, and all they were doing is just singing and saying that the Lord loves you. And I remember, they don't know this uh, because I never spoke to them, but I will never, ever forget that night and walking into that gay bar and knowing the level of conviction I had as the Lord was continuing to try to get a hold of me in the last year that I was um, living in that in that world of darkness. My little brother had died, and so I was already thinking about heaven and hell and eternity, hadn't been ra- have, having been raised in Catholicism, but having people witness to me and talk to me about uh, the truth that Jesus Christ was coming and, and coming soon, and of course that was, you know, 40 year, for over 40 years ago. I am so grateful for every seed that was sown into my life, and there are many people that do not know that even in their sowing of truth into my life, because they didn't see me, they didn't know me, I didn't know them, but I am eternally grateful, and I know when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to pull back the curtains of everything that went back, and we're going to be able to have a celebration, and I'll get to meet those people and tell them, thank you for singing outside that gay bar and and depositing those seeds of truth Amen. in the early days. Amen. And see, this is what I just, I can't get over and I can't get out of my mind is, is we as believers have been equipped by the Lord Jesus Christ for such a time as this. Like I look back at the text and all those men and women that were in the tech, in the scriptures in Paul's day, Paul and Barnabas were equipped for such a day as they were in. Stephen and Caleb have been equipped for such a day as this to make trouble for the enemy and to advance the kingdom in Oklahoma and the nation and in the in the nation to see the, the glory of God proclaimed and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached loudly and boldly to see men and women redeemed and reconciled. So I, I mean, I, we win. Like you and I are going to win in the end, not because Stephen or Caleb and Stephen and Caleb are awesome, but because Jesus is awesome and He wins in the end of this. And we just get to be a part of it. And so I'm just excited to be a part of this with you, and, and to know that I've got a brother in arms who is willing to stand boldly against the gates of hell itself. And proclaim the truth that that Christ saves, that Jesus saves, and that, and that the only way we find salvation is through repentance and belief in the gospel. And so, I just, man, I'm thankful for you. Um, tell us, okay, so tell us about your uh, how if people are interested. I mean, if somebody hears this and I'm like, golly, and maybe somebody maybe hears this podcast, it's crazy how many thousands of people I, I, people have been messaging me from places. Places like Dallas, Texas, and and New Mexico, and different places all over the country that are listening to this podcast. So if somebody hears this today, and they say, 
golly, I'm struggling with homosexuality. I'm struggling with transgender. How do I get a hold of Brother Black? I want to I want to talk to Stephen about this. How do they get a hold of you? Well, real easily, succinctly, they can go to firststone.org. We have a contact form that uh, we um, uh, ask people to fill out. And then also our phone number, you know, it's 405-236-HOPE, which is 405-236-4673. And they can call us, and we, you know, we can even, uh, if it is somewhere outside of the the state of Oklahoma, we could even have a Zoom meeting or, you know, talk to people. We have have other staff members um, that can also help. But I, I want to assure people, if they're listening to this, that handling someone's soul pastorally mm. in a closed, confidential area is very much different than us getting on this pod- podcast yep. and preaching the truth. Yep. You know, we're going to work through people's issues and mourn and grieve with them um, and weep with them so that they can find the consolement of the Holy Spirit in the healing of their souls, because most people who deal with homosexuality, matter of fact, it's, it's, it's over 80% now that we know that we're sinned against in some way yeah. with childhood sexual molestation, yep. or in high 90 percentages that were given graphic sexual information as children that brought in distortion. Yeah. And so there are a lot of hurting people out there that need hope and need to know. And I know you about this, uh, about you too, Caleb, you would love people and help them and, and, and pastor them, uh, in their souls to find lasting freedom. And that's what we do at first stone and our our website is firststone.org. Fantastic. I mean, I can't agree with you more. I love that you're, you're in your telephone number, hope. Like that's what we're looking for. That's what the world is looking for is hope. And the only hope that can be everlasting, the everlasting hope that's found is in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the gospel. It's not in any any government program. It's not in any party. It's in the person and the work, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, I am so thankful to the Lord for your bold stance and your love for people and your love to see and your desire to see men and women set free from this particular sin. So I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you too. I really am because I'm in my sixties now and I'm like, you know, I want to see other bold, courageous men in their thirties and forties proclaiming the truth boldly, uh, like some of these old, uh, fiery prophets and, uh, from the first and second great awakening. And, and I appreciate you being a truth teller. Thanks brother. Hey, would you, uh, would you dismiss us as we, as we end out this program? Uh, pardon me? Would you dismiss us in prayer as we end out this program? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that every hearer of this mm-hmm. podcast would, first and foremost, gravitate towards you and your word and the hope that we have, that you gave your Son to die on the cross uh, for sinners such as us, that we would find redemption, that they would find redemption. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus for anyone listening, um, that they would know that there truly is hope, not just to begin this walk, but to complete it fully, mm-hmm. surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord. So for your glory and for Jesus' sake, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, brother.
You're welcome. The world is an unpredictable place and sometimes can be unstable. We never know what might be coming down the pike. Don't let insurance be the thing that keeps you up at night. Let Scott Gillette and the professionals at Farmers Insurance handle all of the unknowns for you. Scott and his team have all the answers you're looking for when it comes to having proper insurance coverage that won't break the bank. Give him a call today at 918-336-7770 or swing by 1725 Southeast Washington Boulevard, Suite B in Bartlesville, Oklahoma today and have a face-to-face conversation with Scott. We are farmers.